Go with me to the Gospel of John chapter 14. This is my main message. The first thing I talked about was receiving an offering. But this is my main message for today. Living in victory. Amen. Tell someone God has called you to live in victory. You've not been called to live in defeat but in victory. Come on now say amen. amen. Gospel of John chapter 14 verse number 12. Verily, verily I say unto you, he that believeth on me. Do you believe on him? Yes. He that believeth on me, the works. I want to say the works. Yes. Now that's so important. The works that I do. Emphasis on works. Emphasis on works. Emphasis on works. He that believeth on me. And I believe that those that are sitting here this morning are believers in Jesus. Amen. He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. So Jesus is basically saying, the works that I do, you shall also do. It is time to do the works of Jesus. Amen. It is time to live in victory. Yes. When Jesus walked the face of the earth, Jesus lived in victory. There was no day of defeat in the life of Jesus. Therefore, there should be no day of defeat in the life of those listening to this message today. God does not want you to experience defeat. That is not the plan of God. He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he also do. So we are going to begin to look at the things that Jesus did. Because if he said the works that I do, you shall do, then the question is, what did Jesus do? We've got to find out the things Jesus did so that we can also apply our lives to doing the things that Jesus did. It is time to do what Jesus did. Come on now, say amen. amen. Princely, when you go to Uganda, you shall do the works Jesus did. Amen. But those of us that are here in Istanbul, in Turkey, are supposed to do the works Jesus did in this land. Yes. Come on now, say amen. amen. The works that I do, you shall also do. And greater works than these shall you do because I go unto my father. You know why he said greater works you shall do? Because I go to my father. Well, the reason he said because I go to my father is because when he leaves and goes to heaven, he's going to send us the Holy Ghost. Amen. The works that Jesus did in his three and a half years of earthly ministry were done by the Holy Ghost. Amen. Come on now, say amen. amen. That is the reason why I am a big believer in the Holy Spirit. This is the era of the Holy Ghost. Everyone here this morning need to develop a relationship with the person of the Holy Spirit. Because it was the Holy Ghost that enabled Jesus to do the things he did. Amen. So if the Holy Ghost enabled Jesus, the Holy Ghost will enable me. Amen. Come on now, somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. You read through the Gospels, Jesus healed the sick. The Bible says in Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. So when the Holy Ghost came upon him, the power of God came upon him. Yeah, amen. Come on, say amen. amen. 
how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good. What did he do when the Holy Ghost came upon him? He went about doing good. What were the good things he did? Healing all those who were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. God was with him. You know that was the Holy Ghost was with him. Come on now somebody shout hallelujah. He went about. When you are filled with the Holy Ghost. You go about. You go about doing good. You go about healing those that are oppressed. And there are many oppressed by the devil. But I want you to understand that when you know Jesus, you do the works of Jesus. You heal the sick. Jesus went about casting out devils. If God opened your eyes and the spirit to see devils on the streets, you will be amazed. You'll be shocked to see people walking on their heads. I know that sounds strange to some people, but if you're coming from Africa, that doesn't sound strange to you. Is that correct? Casting out devils, raising the dead. We're going to raise dead people back to life in Jesus' name. Delivering the oppressed. I'm just giving you a list of things that Jesus did. And as you see the list of things Jesus did, you now understand the things that you must also do. I asked you this question. Are you a believer in Jesus? That amen is very weak this afternoon. Are you a believer in Jesus? Now Jesus said, if you believe in me, the works that I do, you shall also do. The taste of the pudding is in the eating. Don't tell me I'm a believer, but you're not doing the works of Jesus. If you believe in Jesus, you shall do what Jesus did. When someone is sick and they come to you, don't send them to doctors. Lay your hands upon the person and tell the sickness to leave. When someone has a devil, don't send them to psychologists. Lay your hands upon them and tell the devil to come out. The works that Jesus did. Listen, did Jesus ever send one person to the doctor? Now don't shut me down preaching good. Some of, you, some of you are looking at me like, oh, pastor, shouldn't we refer people to doctors anymore? I'm not against that. But the first thing you need to do is do what Jesus did. Amen. And I know it does not totally depend on you. So, but you've got to do what you've got to do. Pray for them. Amen. And if they don't get healed, then send them to the doctor. Because really, to be honest with you, it's not all up to you. They also need to exercise. When people will come to Jesus, Jesus will ask them, do you believe I can do it? When they said, yes, I believe, Jesus said, be it done unto you according to your faith. According to your faith. So don't ever think that it depends on you. It does not depend on you entirely. They also must come in faith. And when they come in faith and you pray for them and you pray in faith, guess what? The power of God will be released to cast that devil out and to heal them of any sickness that's upon them. Amen. Hallelujah. But do what you've got to do first. Come on now, say amen. amen. Jesus went about delivering the oppressed. The woman that was 
suffering with the issue of blood for 12 years. That was an oppression. That was an oppression. For 12 years, she constantly bled. The Bible says that she spent everything she had. She did not get better. Rather, she got worse. She went to physicians and doctors and spent everything she had. At this time, she was ostracized. Because when you have that situation back in the day, you couldn't mingle with people. So she was ostracized. She could not relate with people and family any longer because of what she's going through. But when she heard that Jesus was coming through town, she said, if I can touch the hem of his garment, I know I shall be made well. And she came and she touched. And the Bible says virtue or power or dunamis flowed out of Jesus and flowed into the woman. And the blood dried up instantly. That was an oppression of the devil. If you allow the devil to oppress you, he will. I'm talking to Christians right now. If you let the devil oppress you, the devil will oppress you. I've seen many Christians oppressed. Because they let the devil do it. Don't let the devil oppress you. Come on, say amen. Amen. The man... Sitting by the pool of Bethesda for 38 years. Well, 38 years is a long time to be sick. He was looking for his men that would throw him in whenever the angel came and stirred the pool. And he had no men. But if you have no men, you have Jesus. Amen. Come on now, shout hallelujah. hallelujah. He had no men, but Jesus came. And Jesus knew that he had been in that condition for a long time. And he had compassion on, on, him, on the man. He went up to the man and he said, do you want to be made whole? The man said, I have no man to throw me into the pool when the angel comes to stir the pool. But that's not the answer to the question. The question is, do you want to be made well? I have no man. That is a problem also. When God is asking you one question, you are talking about something else. Do you want to be made well? The answer to that question should be yes. Come on, say amen. I have no man. Well, he wasn't asking you if you have a man because he is the man. In actual fact, he was not just the man. He was the one who sent the angel. And greater than the angel is standing in front of you. And you're talking about the man and an angel. Do you want to be made well? Now take up your mat or take up your bed and walk out of this place. And the man took his bed and left that place. And he was healed of his, of his infirmity that had been upon him for 38 years. Oh my God. You know, the more you think about that story, the more you wonder if that man was really thinking. Because if you've been there for 38 years, you've seen 38 people get healed. Correct? Yes. And if you, are, if you are from Africa, you will not wait for the angel to come. You will just jump into the pool and wait for the angel to come meet. The the angel will come meet you right in the middle of the pool. Is that correct? Why wait? Why wait and sit there for first year, the first guy gets healed and walks away right in front of you. Year number two, year number three, year number 10, year number 20, 20 years in one spot. Suffering the same thing. 30, 35, 37 38. When is it going to be your turn? So you know what? This thing is not working. 
right? And it's an act of insanity to keep doing the same thing over and over again and expect a different result. So you know what the man should have done? The man should have just jumped into the pool and when the angel comes down, the angel will meet him right there. That's the way an African thinks. Is that correct? Just stay in the pool until the angel shows up. You don't know the day because you see, the angel did not tell them when he was coming. He just showed up Boom! And then the first person that jumps in gets healed. For 38 years, 38 people walked out of that place right in front of you. It is like some people sitting in church. Four years, five years in one church. Ten years in the same church. And 15 years and no miracle, no breakthrough. The grace upon that ministry is not at work in them. They don't even catch the DNA of the church. I'm preaching good now. Say amen. Amen. Ah, yes, I know. You, you think, you think this, this story is exclusive to the man. This story is not exclusive to that man. This story, this story can, be, can actually be seen in the lives of many Christians. They come to one church and they just sit there and, and they don't get nothing. And sometimes you wonder why they keep coming. So Jesus went about delivering those that were oppressed. Everyone say oppressed. oppressed. They were oppressed by the devil. And Jesus would deliver them. The woman who was bent over for 18 years. Oh my God. 18 long years. You said the devil is a very bad devil. The devil is a very, very bad devil. Amen. Amen. The devil is not a gentleman. Don't treat him like a gentleman. Don't treat him like a gentle. He's not a gentle person. 18 years. And you see, if Jesus had not showed up, the woman would still be in that condition the rest of her life. 18, 18 long years, she was bent over like this. The Bible says she couldn't look up. Now, how did she serve her husband if she had one? How did she serve her kids if she had one? You've got to understand, she was... In that state for 18 years, which means she wasn't born like that. It suddenly came upon her. And it was demonic. It, listen to me. That was not a medical situation. Amen. That was a demonic situation. Amen. And it's time for Christians to wake up and smell the coffee. Mm -hmm. Some of the things you think are medical or natural are not. They are demonic. Years ago, a young man came to this church, and uh, I'm going ahead of myself, but I just feel like telling the story right now. He came to the church with a swollen stomach. Young man. He walked up to Pastor Corey. He said, Pastor, I was sleeping today, and someone gave me something to eat. I woke up, and my stomach is swollen. They gave him something to eat in his dream. He woke up, and his stomach looked like a balloon. Pastor Corey put his hand on the man's stomach and it deflated. Some things that people suffer are spiritual. And I, I need to tell you this. The spirit realm is more real than the natural. And when the Bible says in Galatians 5, walk in the spirit. 
walk in the spirit. There is a realm called the spirit realm. You've got to not just walk in it, but live in it. You've got to live in it. You've got to live in it. The man's stomach was swollen. Pastor Corey prayed for him and it deflated. Just like that. That was an oppression of the devil. Now, don't get caught up in eating in the dream now. Because some of you have eaten so many things in your dream. And don't, don't start thinking to yourself, now Pastor Godwell said, if I eat in my dream, someone is shooting something at me. I did not say that. I did not say that. I did not say that. Some of you eat in your dream because you are hungry. Some of you eat in your dream because you did not eat well before you went to bed at night. Some of you eat in your dream because you're thinking about food before you put your head on your pillow. Okay? Some of you eat in your dream because you talk too much about food. There are many reasons why people eat in their dreams. So don't, don't leave this place now and say, Pastor God was said, every time I eat in my dream, it's diabolical. I did not say that. But there are cases where things are fired against you. And I want to say this. Listen to what I'm about to tell you. I want to say this to you. If you wake up with a bad dream, you have authority in the name of Jesus to cancel it. You wake up immediately. Listen, you have authority. Tell your neighbor, I have authority. I'm not a victim. You are, listen, you are a victor. The Bible talks about in Philippians how Jesus made a public show of the enemy. Are you listening to me? His name has been exalted above every other name. At the mention of the name Jesus, every knee will bow. Of things in heaven. Of things on the earth. Of things beneath here. So we can say this way. That in three realms. The name of Jesus carries ultimate authority. Amen. In heaven. On earth. Under the earth. So it does not matter what you see. In your dream. You are a child of God. You wake up. And you stand in your place of dominion and authority. And you say that dream will not see the light of day. But people begin to panic and run like a chicken with his head chopped off. Don't panic. Don't be afraid. Fear is an open door. God has not given unto you the spirit of fear. But of power. Of love. And of a sound. Sound mind. Healthy mind. Pastor, I had a bad dream. When? Last week. What have you done? Nothing. I'm waiting on you. No. Don't wait on anybody. You have authority. I say you have authority. Amen. I say you have authority. Amen. Use it. Amen. Go with me to the book of Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16. Let's read from verse number 15. Is this helping anybody today? Yes. Mark 16 from verse number 15. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. The word gospel there is good news. And this is good news. What I'm preaching to you this morning is not bad news. It is good news. Amen. This is the gospel. Amen. Come on now say amen. amen. 
16 says, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs, my God, these signs, everyone said these signs, these signs shall sit with those who believe. These signs shall go ahead of those who believe. Is that what it says? This signs sit with you on your blessed assurance. This signs go ahead of you. Is that what it says? No, it says these signs will follow you. These signs will be following those that are on the move. You've got to be moving for these signs to come with you. Pastor, I've never cast devils out. Yes, have you prayed for anyone who is demon possessed? Amen. Pastor, I've never healed the sick. Have you prayed for anybody who is sick? Well, you've got to be doing something for the signs to accompany you. If you're doing nothing, the signs are not manifesting. (laughs) These signs are follow. These signs are follow. Follow who? Follow them that believe. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the signs shall follow those that believe. Believe on who? Believe on Jesus. But also, listen now, you believe on Jesus, but you also believe that you are an instrument in the hands of God. Very important. Very important. Because a lot of people do not even believe God can use them. You've got to believe that God can use you. And God will use you. And God is using you. These signs are follow them that believe. Watch this now. In my name. They shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they, the sick, shall recover. Watch verse 19. So then, after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. After Jesus spoke to them, Jesus was received up into heaven, and Jesus sat where? At the right hand of God. The right hand of God where Jesus sat is the place of dominion. I want you to know that as a child of God in the New Testament, you are also sitting at the right hand of God in the place of dominion. So if Jesus had dominion, you have dominion. If Jesus had dominion over devils, over sickness, over poverty, it means the child of God in the New Testament also possesses the same dominion, the same power, the same authority. You just have to use it. It is on the inside of the believer. And you've got to let it come out of your mouth. Because the glory of God resides within the believer. The Bible says that we've got this treasure in an earthen vessel. It is on the inside of you. And creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons and the daughters of Almighty God. If you will rise up and understand who you are. And understand what you possess. And understand that the 
same authority that was on Jesus is the same authority that is in you. If you understand that the same place of dominion where Jesus sits is the same place of dominion where you sit. Now the devil is not going to be a threat to you anymore. Sickness is not going to be a threat to you anymore. Poverty is not going to be a threat to you anymore. Everything the devil throws at you, you will stand in your place of authority and you shall say in the name of Jesus Christ the Son of God, I command the works of the devil to cease and when you say that with boldness and you say that with authority and you will see the power of Almighty God, it shall work through your life and you will be amazed at what God will do through you. My Bible says those that know their God they shall be strong they shall do great exploits it is time to do the works of Jesus. It is time to do great things. It is time to cast out devils. It is time to heal the sick. It is time to raise the dead. It is time to exercise the dominion of the kingdom of God. Put your hands together and give him praise and give him glory. Come on now. Hallelujah. 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 Someone say, Pastor God, you don't know what I've been going through the last week. The devil is after me. No, you need to be after the devil. You need, you need to be the one that kicks the devil out of your family. You need to be the one that kicks the devil out of your city. You need to be the one that kicks the devil out of your business. The devil cannot be after you. You are full of the Holy Ghost. You are full of the Word of God. You are anointed from your head all the way down to the toes. I tell you, the power of God is at work in your life. Shout to the Lord a shout of victory. Shout. Come on, give the Lord a big shout of hallelujah. Hallelujah. My Bible says in 1 John chapter 4, in verse number 4, it says, You have overcome them, little children. For he that is in you is greater than he that's in the world. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, the Bible says, whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. I'm telling you the power of God is at work in you. The faith of God is on the inside of you. The works that Jesus did, you shall also do. And even greater works because you have the Holy Ghost living on the inside of you. Ah, give the Lord a shout of praise. Glory to God. Yay, glory. My God. My, my, my. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 20 says, and they went forth. I like that. They did not stay at home. They did not sit around. They went forth. They went out. When you go out, when you go forth, the glory of God comes with you. The power of God comes with you. They went forth and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Glory to God. Glory to God. I said glory to God. I said glory to God. I said glory to God. Somebody shout hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. Hey, glory to God. It says, you shall cast out devils. You shall cast out devils. 
Maleketa, you shall cast out devils. Malehipro, you shall cast out devils. In some cases, you will cast devils out of people. And in other cases, you will resist the devil from your life. Because sometimes the devil will want to exert on you. But you say no. This is not your place. You have no right. It's just, think about when, when the serpent came into the garden. If Adam was there to deal with the serpent, Eve would not have been deceived. You say, you have no place in my family. You have no place in my body. You have no place. Listen, you've got to stand in your place of dominion, my friends. Don't let the devil kick you around and, and, and use you. The devil is a bully. And he's going to bully you. He's a mafia. He's going to break your kneecaps. <laughs> don't let him. Tell somebody don't let him. Don't let him. Don't let him. A lady, years ago, I went to bed. I had a dream. Now, look at this. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you this story. Very important. Because in some cases, you have to you cast the devil out of people. But then in other cases, you have to resist them from you. The Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee. Just as some Christians are not resisting, they are negotiating. And I told you many times and I tell you again. The devil is not a gentleman. He does not come to drink tea and coffee with you. He comes to steal, to kill and to destroy. You cannot tolerate a pig in your living room. You've got to kick that thing out of your life. He wants to exert on you. You've got to kick him out. This is my place. This is my family. These are my children. This is our church. You have no place here. Even in your finance. In your business. Because if you think the devil wants you to succeed. Then you've got something else coming. He does not want you to succeed. Because he knows that your success Will destroy his kingdom. He knows that the more you succeed at what you do. The more you get people out of the clutches of of the devil. He knows that. So he wants you to live in defeat. But you will not live in defeat in Jesus name. I say you will not live in defeat in Jesus name. The devil. Who want to mess people up. I had a dream, and in my dream, I see this woman, she miscarried her baby. Pregnant at the time, this was years ago. Miscarried the baby. Now, I didn't know how to reach her. I didn't have her contact at the time. But I knew that had been revealed. And, and listen, listen to what I'm about to tell you. God reveals to deliver. Amen. Let me say that again. God reveals to deliver. That was going to happen. But something had to be done. I mean, I, I, I couldn't reach this lady. And I guess was 
uh, a few days after I saw the dream, she actually miscarried. <laughs> At the time, she was in the UK, and then she came over to Turkey. And I was going from the church to the office. I bumped into her on the street. I bumped into her. I didn't tell her the dream because there was no need to tell her the dream. What had happened had happened. But as I bumped into her on the street, I can tell you, look, I, I believe I hear the voice of the Spirit. I heard it in my spirit. I will give her a baby. But I couldn't tell her. And I did not tell her. But I knew in my spirit that God said, I'm going to give her a baby. And it was about a year later, we were on vacation. And one night, I see another dream. And in my dream, I see this woman fighting to take her baby from her. And she kept pulling back on the baby as this woman was trying to take the baby. She was, they were actually fighting to keep the baby, over the baby. And I heard her say to the woman, you will not have my baby. You will not have my baby. So that was a fight. God reveals the what? To deliver. I wake up. I knew something was going on. There was a witch who, who did not want her to get pregnant. And if she got pregnant, who did not want her to have a baby? So I write her. Say, hey, this is what I saw. She say, yes, that she's pregnant. After many years of marriage, so I'm pregnant. And so I said, this is what I saw. There is a witch that wants to take your baby. I kid you not. It was war for the next six, seven months. But to the glory of God, God gave us the victory. Amen. I said, God gave us the victory. I said, God gave us the victory. The, ba the baby was born. Now the baby is in school. It's been seven years now since that happened. In Matthew chapter 10, verse number 1. Jesus said, or the Bible says, and he gave them power against unclean spirits that they might cast them out. He gave them what? Power against unclean spirits. That they might cast them out. In Luke 10, 19, he says, behold, I give you power to tread upon snakes. And scorpions and over all the works of the devil and none of them shall by any means hurt you. Jesus went about dealing with demonic spirits. Is it not interesting that in the Great Commission, I've said this many times. Because this is how I think. I read the Bible and I read in between the lines. Why did he say... Listen, the first thing he said, you shall cast out devils. You shall cast out devils. You shall, I believe that is 
the church's number one responsibility. When it comes, listen to what I'm telling you. When it comes to dealing with the world, the church number one responsibility in preaching the gospel is to deal with devils. And because it seems as if these things are not really talked about a lot, a lot of Christians don't even have a clue. And even those that talk about these things sometimes tend to magnify the devil above the Christian. No, the devil should not be magnified above the believer. The reason Jesus said we shall cast out devils is because we are sitting with him in a place of dominion. The devil is under my feet. All his works are under my feet. Some people can't even sleep at night. Some people are afraid of the dark. Turn the light on. I can't sleep when the light is off. How can a Christian live like this? Bondage. It's bondage. How can a Christian live like this? If you can't even sleep in the dark, how can you cast out dark devils? If you've heard about the late Dr. Lester Sumrall, when he was in the Philippines, ministered and ministered and hardly anybody was getting saved. And then on national news, they saw this girl who was tormented, literally devils would cut her and blood, they they were biting her and she was bleeding all over. You didn't see the devils biting her, but you would see the blood. The pastor, that's not possible. Well, in your mind, it's not. How can a spirit bite you and you see the physical marks on your body? Well, angels are spirits, aren't they? Are they not spirits? Well, they add food. Angels add physical food in the Bible. What did the food go to? Don't try to be logical when it comes to the Bible. You, the spirit realm is more real than the natural. Praise God. So now here's this girl. She's on national TV. And God said to Lester Summer, go and set her free. So he goes and he delivers the young girl. And that was how his ministry broke open in the Philippines. And in, I guess it was about three, four months, about 250,000 people came to Christ. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Brother Amos, lift your hand. Let him see you. A few years ago, Maybe about four years now, five, if I'm not mistaken. But Amos called me in the morning and said, Pastor, uh, there is a Congolese girl who had a dream. And I can't remember the details of what happened to her in her dream. But she woke up and she looks like a zombie. 
Amos, is this true story? Yeah. Am I making it up? Yeah. Am I making it up? No. <laughs> this is a true story. So he, he, he calls me or messages me that morning. He said, Pastor, can you help her? I said, yeah, bring her to church. So they bring her to church. She was sitting right there in the back, right before the service started. And so I go to her in the back. She looked. She zoned out, basically. She was there, but she wasn't there. If you know what I mean by that. Yeah. Have you seen people like that? Yes. She was there, but she was not there. The physical body was there, but something had happened to her. It was just in a dream that that happened. So, what did I do? Minister to her. And let me say this to you. When you deal with devils, don't be gentle with them. No. Don't be gentle with them. No. Don't be gentle with them. Mr. Devil, what's your name? Where are you from? <laughs> what do you like to eat? Now listen, don't be gentle with devils. Deal with them fiercely. Because I tell you, they don't like people. They hate people with a passion. And that day the power of God gloriously set that young lady free. She was free. She joined the service. And she never got bad again. Amen. Come on now, somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. He also says that those that believe in me shall speak with new tongues. New tongues. Oh, people want to argue with me on this. Oh, Pastor God will... Somebody came to the office and had this very long meeting with me and uh, trying to convince me that speaking in tongues is not for everybody. Uh, it's for some people. It's a gift given to some people. No, the simple prayer language is for every believer. The gift of diverse kinds of tongues is as the Spirit of God wills. That's totally different from your prayer language. Different. So people want to see it in church as I teach along these lines and they want to scrutinize my message with their religious head. That's a fact. Religious head. If you don't know, shut up, sit down and learn. Everyone should not speak with tongues. Who said that to you? Paul wrote to the church at Corinth. He said, I wish you all spoke with tongues. If it wasn't possible, why would he say that? Yeah. I wish you all spoke with tongues. All of you. All of you in that church. I wish you all spoke. But obviously some of them did not speak with tongues. But I can also say the same thing here. I wish all of you speak with tongues. Amen. The day I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the man of God who helped me did not even lay his hand upon me. 
It said the words will come to you and you will have to open your own mouth and speak it. People want the man of God to open their mouth and speak it for them. No, you will have to open your mouth. Right? And speak it. So he said, feel, receive the Holy Ghost, and I received. And I began to speak in tongues, and since then I've been speaking with tongues. I'll show you. And the more I spoke with tongues over the years, the more the devil tries to intimidate me and make me feel ashamed. And that's one of the reasons why some people don't speak in tongues, because they, they are ashamed. Oh, that thing is fake. Who told you it's fake? The fact that the thought even came to you that it is fake means it is original. Because yeah. you think if it was fake, the devil would tell you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if it was fake, the devil would let you continue with fake. But that thought of the devil telling you it's fake means it's real. Yeah. You shall speak with tongues. Amen. And really, honestly, I'll, I'll finish with this. Tongues is the gateway. Say it, it's the gateway. It's the gateway. You see, when you came into this house this morning, you came in through the door. Speaking in tongues is the gateway into the supernatural. Speaking in tongues a lot, always. When the Bible says in Ephesians 6, in praying always, it means praying always. Now, really, how do you pray always? I wake up 3 a.m. to go use the restroom. I finish using the restroom. I get back into bed. I sleep off. Pray in tongues always. Pray in tongues always. You keep yourself in the spirit. You keep yourself in the spirit. You keep your spirit man strong. You reveal mysteries, secrets about you that you don't know as you speak with tongues. These things are exposed. He that prayeth in an unknown tongue speaketh not to man but to God. How be it, he says, no man understandeth his meaning. How be it in the spirit he reveals. Mysteries. The word mysteries there in the Greek is mysterion. It means something hidden that can be unveiled. Amen. So when I Pastor God, what are you saying? It says that you do not know what you're saying. <laughs> but but in the spirit, <laughs> mysteries are being revealed. Oh, yeah. So as I I am praying about a week from today. My mind do not understand it. But there's something about next month. Because the Holy Ghost knows the end from the beginning and, every, and everything in the middle. 
So he has already, he has already dealt with uh, October. He has already dealt with November. He has already dealt with December. Because he knows what is ahead of me. And as a likroto mana palieche, te mam reve tali tali ji, lamo pa ikenam brovodosh. I believe I received that in Jesus' name. Amen. Things are being revealed, things are being exposed. So a Christian who does not speak with tongues, I tell you this, don't be offended at this, but it's a fact. You're running at a loss. Because how much can you really pray in your mother tongue? You, you get to the point where you run out of words. So some people go, my father, my father, my father, my father, my father, my father, my, my father, my father, my father, my father, my father. You, you're going to just keep saying, my father, my father, my father, my father. You're my father what? What next? <laughs> what next? And some people, my God, don't even give them the microphone. Don't let them pray. My father, my father. My father, you are in heaven. My father. Yes, of course. He's in heaven. Are you, are you trying to tell him where he is? As if he doesn't know. My father, you are in heaven. My father, you are Alpha and Omega. They have nothing to say. That's why they're saying all of that. These are, these are Christianese. These are Christianese. My father, my father. My father, you made heaven. My father, you are, you are, you are. Uh -huh. There's nothing else. Nothing more to say. They run out of words. They run out of words. So if you, if you run out of words. Yes. I never run out of tongues. Sometimes I wake up with a dream. And I don't fully understand it. I kid you not. You will be shocked at the progress you will make when you pray in tongues. This is the limitation for so many. Everything they know in prayer comes from their head. Everything they know about prayer, everything they pray about is from their what? Their head. And guess what? Your mind, your mind... Your mind deals with the intellectual world. Your spirit deals with the spirit world. So I, you, you learn to unhook your mind from the intellectual world and hook it down to your spirit. Praise God. They shall speak with new tongues. You shall speak with new tongues. Can we all begin to pray in tongues right now? Everybody. Everybody. Oh, but Pastor God, well, I have not received the Holy Ghost. Then receive the Holy Ghost right now. You don't need hands laid upon you. Receive the Holy Ghost right now. Receive the Holy Ghost right now. Yeah, receive the Holy Ghost right now. Receive the Holy Ghost right now. Right where you are. Right where you are. You don't need me to lay hands on you right now. Right where you are, you can receive. Yes. One of the ways we see in the Bible that they receive was hands laid upon them. But who laid hands upon the, the, the 120? Who laid hands upon those in the house of Cornelius? Peter, the Bible says in Acts 10.44. While Peter spake these words, the Holy Ghost came upon those 
that were in the house. Who laid hands on them? Nobody. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all together in one place and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the house where they were in and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with tongues. Come on, lift your voice and begin to pray in the Spirit. Begin to pray in the Spirit. Begin to pray in the Spirit. Lift your voice. Reveal mysteries. Reveal mysteries. Reveal mysteries. There are things about tomorrow. There are things about next week. There are things about your family. There are things about your job, about your business. Reveal, reveal them. Reveal them. Reveal them. Expose them. Maleke talavriando. Zabano palito meneda. Wokele briando robose. Wangendora. Reveal, reveal them, reveal them, reveal them, reveal them. Empower yourself in the spirit. Beloved, building up yourself and your most holy faith, praying in the Spirit, rising up like an edifice, rising up like an edifice. Lord, we worship you. Father, we thank you. Father, we bless your name today. Father, we thank you because you've given us the ability to do the things Jesus did. He went about healing the sick. He went about casting out devils. He went about raising the dead. He went about feeding the hungry. The works that he did, we can do. Because we have been deputized by Jesus. The Bible says that he has given us the power of attorney to use his name. Father, I ask in the name of Jesus that everyone here is empowered. The Holy Ghost that lives in each person will begin to rise up big from today. Not one person will be weak, but everyone here will be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. This is going to be an amazing week for each person. You walk in dominion. You shall walk in victory. Even if the enemy come out against you in one way, he shall flee from you in seven. You are the head, not the tail. You are not a victim. You are a victor. You are the light of the world. Your light will shine this week. Men shall see your good works. And they shall glorify your Father which is in heaven. Your going out is blessed. Your coming in is blessed. The Lord is with you. A mighty one. He goes ahead of you. 
He makes the crooked places straight. He breaks in pieces the gates of brass. He cuts in sunder the bars of iron. He gives unto you the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places. He gives unto you even the gates of your enemies. No man shall be able to stand before you this week. He says, as I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. You will dominate. You will reign in life this week. Everything you put your hands upon to do will prosper. (laughs) Oh, hallelujah. Blessed in the city. Blessed going out. Blessed coming in. Your family is blessed. Your children are under God's divine protection. The virus will not catch on you. No evil will befall you. No plague shall come nigh your dwelling place. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.